my friends. Welcome back to Sorta Awesome. I'm your host, Meg Teets. I am so happy to be joined today by my friend, your friend, Mindy Browse. If Mindy's here, you know we're talking all things midlife. Mindy, hello. How are Hi, you? Meg. I'm so good. I'm so glad to be here with you. It's one of my favorite things to do. And I'm excited yes. about how we're ending out this series. It's going to be great. Yes, I am excited too. If you are listening to this episode as a one-off, let me tell you that this is the conclusionary, is that a word? It's conclusionary. Yeah, I mean, it can Let's be. Make it a word. <laughs> um, the conclusion of a series that Mindy and I have been doing for a year and a half called Midlife with Mindy and Meg. And today we're going to be talking all things midlife books, books and reading of mm. the midlife variety. So I'm so excited because Mindy, your taste in reading is impeccable. Aww. So I know that if we're at the intersection of Mindy's book Rex, and I have <laughs> some too, you guys, I actually have some, and <laughs> midlife conversation, this is going to be a good one. But if you are like listening to this as a one-off, let me tell you, we have so many more episodes in this midlife series. In fact, you will find in the show notes for this episode, a link to a Spotify playlist where you can find them all in order. You can walk the journey of us conversating about midlife together, all together in a neat little playlist on Spotify. So Mindy, I'm so excited about this conversation. We've been thinking about putting this together literally for months. Months. So here we are. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I just love, I think it's a perfect way to end it. So we just didn't know that. It's, I'm excited about it. Yeah. That's so true. It's so mm -hmm. true because it's like, we may be bringing this conversation to an end as Sorta of Awesome comes to an end, but you guys, there are so many other great resources and I am so yes. excited about the many conversations that are going on in our culture now. I feel Me like- too. I just like they hurt us, right? I feel like we moved the needle on this <laughs> a little. I really it's do. Totally us. Okay. So Vinny and I have some really great conversation ahead with books that deal with midlife, both fiction and nonfiction, and some discussion around that that we've got to get to today here on Sorta Awesome. Welcome back, Awesomes, to the show that is all about helping you be smart, strong, and social. As I mentioned at the top of this show, Sorta Awesome, the podcast is coming to an end, but the community is going on. So please make sure if you have not done this so far, go ahead and join one of our, or both, <laughs> of our online communities. Do yourself a favor. Go find us on Facebook at the Sorta Awesome Hangout and over on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show. Mindy, let me tell you, since we announced that the show will be closing at the end of 2023, we've had so many awesomes come and be like, all right, okay, you got me. Like, yes, good, <laughs> good, good. The show Better late than never. Ending. Yes, exactly, exactly. So many people are like, okay, I know we're closing the show, but I got to stay connected to my awesome. So if you're listening, guys, it's not too late. Come over and join us. Like I said, on Facebook, you can find us super easy in this sort of awesome hangout. Or on Instagram, we love to bring a little extra awesome to your Instagram feed. So come find us at Sorta Awesome Show over there. So Mindy and I have some great book talk ahead, which I yes. know we want to get to. And I know you guys are excited to hear from us. But first, let's go ahead and start this show the way we always do. 
with our Awesomes of the Week. Awesome of the Week is the moment in the show where we stop and talk about whatever is making life just a little more awesome right now. It could be a book or a TV show, movie, a podcast or a product, maybe a recipe, maybe an app, maybe a life hack. You never know what we'll have for Awesome of the Week. Mindy, you and I were talking. Both of us were like, we don't even know what we're going to do for Awesome of the Week. What are we going to do? <laughs> what did you end up bringing to us for Awesome of the Week this week? Well, I ended up, I know this is going to shock you, not at all. I ended up with three. So okay. I'm thinking- a triple header. I'm going to yes. super duper cheat for my last episode with you. So, okay. But in my preparation for that, I also found out that one of them is not in print. So I'm going to okay gonna find yes. out if I can find the link for you guys to order it. But this, one of my awesomes of the week is this tank top made by Jordan Denae online. She yes. is a geeky creator. And I love this shirt and I wore it specifically for this episode because I feel like women in midlife need to remember that they are badass and already and they need to stay badass. So that's, am I late to say badass on your show? You are totally welcome to say badass here. So, yes. So this shirt is one of my very favorite things when I want to like kind of boost my Yes. whatever in my day that's right get that yeah. energy I'm like, up. You know yes. what? i'm gonna remind myself that i am badass and everyone around me i want you to know yes you stay badass i'm staying badass all the things love so it. that was my first one i will figure out where you can get it okay so my next one is something we kind of chatted about in the awesome group i had looking for slippers and oh. I had a really great pair and then lost them, which is not a surprise to anyone in my family. And they were $40. And so I didn't want to buy another pair because I was like, I don't want to keep spending $40 on a pair of slippers. And then they disappear. I'm not sure, Meg, what happens at my house. There's Uh some sort of black hole. For example, I was given an apron three weeks ago from somebody at work. It's gone. Okay. How can that be? I came home. I took the apron off. I put it in the dirty clothes. Yeah. Nobody seems to know where it is. May I tell you that this week, my Fitbit has gone missing. Like how? I don't know. I took it off. I'm pretty sure I took it off just to take a shower. And now I can't find it anywhere. I've had my kids looking everywhere Mm -hmm. for it. I've had Kyle keep his eye out for it. Cannot find it. Where is it? I agree. There is a black hole that tends to take our favorite things. Like how? I don't like it. (laughs) <laughs> I don't like it at all. It's incredibly frustrating. So, and yet you hear everyone in the house, no, I don't have it. Like, it's <laughs> yes. got to be here somewhere. Yes. Anyway, so all that to say, because that happens often, I needed a really inexpensive slipper that I would like. And I actually found them. And these, they're really <gasps> cute. Those are darling. They're super light and they fold up really well. So like if you travel and you want to bring your slippers, yes. but you don't want them to be clunky. I don't know how to pronounce this, but I'm going to go with the guess. The Zia look, women's okay. fuzzy flea. So they come in in lots and lots of different options. They're really easy to slip on, which was important to me. But I also don't like backless slippers because I want a little more warmth and I don't want them to flop, mm-hmm. you know, when I flip flop around. Yes. Um, so they're easy to put on, very lightweight, very comfortable, and they're keeping me warm. We've already got our first snow. We got four inches a, a few days ago. So I was glad to see that they actually worked and they were only $17. So they're so I darling. Mean, aren't they cute? Yeah. yeah so anyway, that's pretty awesome. That pattern just looks like you. 
Right? Like that's that is just so Mindy. I'm yeah, loving it's it. It's beautiful. All the blues. It's got seashells and different things, but they have a lot of different styles and patterns. Yeah. They worked so well that I actually ended up ordering a pair for Jubilee because they have kids ones too. And for those of you just, just tuning in, Jubilee has Down syndrome. And so she's got a laxity of joints and putting shoes on her is just not fun at all. But she can put these on by herself, which is really, really great. Cute. And so they have a lot of styles for kiddos too. So that's yes. my next one. My last one is a book. And okay. it is Hidden Potential by Adam Grant. Okay. This just came out uh, probably a few weeks ago, maybe two and a half weeks ago or so. I am not a huge nonfiction, okay. self-help, learn okay. how to be more productive, blah, blah, blah kind of person. I got really burned out on stuff like that because it kept making me feel like I was a failure. And of course, and I know that's not how other people <laughs> view it. They're like, oh, I can keep getting better. But I was like, so, hey, loser, read this so you can, you know, what I mean? that's just <laughs> yes, my own I therapy know. issues. Yeah. My therapist and I are working on them. But so I don't read a lot of stuff like that. Um, it's just my issue, my baggage. But I picked this up because I'm in the Sharon Says So book club. And this is one oh, of the options, one of the choices. Okay. Yes. And I was like, fine, I have to read that one. Okay. I'm completely, do you see all the book tabs, the tabs yes. in this little? Yes. I have been blown away about what he brings wow. in the book. I didn't expect it to apply to me at all. And okay. yet I do feel like this is a book. We can pick up in midlife and aim for more of a potential for ourselves and really okay. view life differently and learning differently and approaching yes. relationships. So I was blown away as a homeschooler. He brought some educational stuff in here that I was like, what? I've been homeschooling 25 years. Yes. I've been a teacher. Well, we don't even talk about how many years, but a lot of years. And yeah. so anyway, I highly recommend this book, Hidden Potential by Adam Grant. It is completely awesome. Okay. Triple the awesome for Mindy Damn. for her last go. episode. With us. That's sort of awesome. That's so great. I love it. I love <laughs> Why it. Why not? <laughs> <laughs> okay. My awesome of the week, Mindy, is going to be something. Well, first of all, guys, we will have links to all of that in the show notes. And we'll have a link to mine in the show notes. This is both completely out of pocket for a choice of awesome of the week, but it's also very okay. on brand for me. Okay. Okay. Okay, everyone. <laughs> oh, no. Awesome of the week. I debated because this. I feel like this is not that universal, but I was like, you know what, though? Honestly, this truly has been the awesome of my week for a couple of weeks. Okay. It is a fan fiction novel. Okay. okay. All okay. right. Just you're going to have to buckle up for this. All right. Because <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> the name of this book, this fic, we call them fics in the fanfic community. This fic is okay. called The Disappearances of Draco Malfoy. And it is by a fic writer named who goes by Speechwriter. And I first came across it via TikTok. There's a TikTok creator. And I think also this is her screen name on Instagram. I'll put a link in the show notes for you guys. Her screen name is Holy Gnocchi, <laughs> which okay. I thought was really cute. cute. Uh, her name's Danny, and she does a lot of thick recommendations. So she put me onto this, The Disappearances of Draco Malfoy. I'm going to tell you guys straight away, when I say it's a novel, Mindy, right now, I am on chapter 22 out of 33 chapters. This book, this fic, has over 290,000 words. What? 
to put that in perspective, if you look at the Harry Potter canon books, like the seven books, Harry Potter and the Deathly Hallows is 199,000 words. The longest Harry Potter book, book five, The Order of the Phoenix, is over 257,000 words. So this thick is longer than any of the Harry Potter books. Now, the author is extremely talented. And she even says herself, like, this is way too much. Like she released it. She wrote it and released it a chapter at a time during the pandemic. And so she like had a ton of time on her hands and was just writing. Yeah. And like, if it were going to be published, it could use a lot of cutting down. And she makes no apology. She's like, it's way too long. But Mindy, (laughs) oh, good. Okay. So she she tried her. I say she, it's all anonymous. Let's just, you know, we'll say she, but whoever the author is, writes very much in the style of J.K. Rowling. So you feel like you're getting, in fact, she created this fit to be a sort of canon alternative. Okay. Okay. In fan fiction, you have a variety of different approaches to writing a fic. Some people go complete AU or alternate universe where you take the characters out of their actual universe and you put them in a different universe. Yeah. Very common in Harry Potter and other books where there's magic, they'll take the characters and put them in like a non-magical, like just like a regular life, whatever. And then you have things that are like extend the universe. So again, in Harry Potter fan fiction, you'll see a lot of times the characters, but they're like in their 30s now. They're still magical. They're still living in the magical universe, but they're in their 30s. Okay. Well, The Disappearances of Draco Malfoy is in the vein of a canon alternative. So there is a point in the Harry Potter canon When Draco Malfoy, who has been tasked with killing Dumbledore, goes to, like, murder him. And Dumbledore, it doesn't really give this scene a lot of heft in the movie, I don't think. But in the book, you get a little bit more of a sense of it. Dumbledore, like, offers Draco Malfoy an alternative. Like, let me help you. He sees that he's like the 16-year-old boy who's been tasked with murder. And he like has compassion on him. And of course, we know from Dumbledore's past that he like had got mixed up with a lot of not great things also as a youth. And so we see him have this compassion for Draco and be like, let me help you. And so this book, The Disappearances of Draco Malfoy, explores the idea, the alternate idea of like, what if from that point on? Yes. Yes. Oh, wow. I love that. So it's kind of an alternate version of Deathly Hallows. So it is the Order of the Phoenix and what's left of it, especially Harry and Hermione looking for the Horcruxes and destroying them. So that's kind of the context for this story. Again, it's hugely long. I will also say it is a Dramione fic, which is a pairing of Draco Malfoy and Hermione Granger. But I will say... And it is rated mature. I'm nearing the end. It's there's like a little romance. There's a connection. There's there's like together or whatever. But it's actually really more about the storytelling than the romance of it all. So some of the things that I really am loving about this. Number one, you get a full sense of Draco's redemption arc. This is something that is controversial in the Harry Potter fandom. Does Draco deserve a redemption? Okay. And a lot of fics really dig into this. This is the best one I've ever read. And I've been reading Harry Potter fanfics since 2015. This is the best Draco redemption I've ever read in the sense that you really have, you trace his journey 
of him grappling with and navigating the tension of who he was raised to be, what his whole identity was, his love for his parents and his parents' love for him and how he felt like he'd been raised to be a certain kind of man with a specific set of beliefs and how that all falls apart once he starts working with Harry and Hermione and like his whole like worldview like yeah. dissolving and him grappling with like, who am I now if I'm not this? Okay. And it really, really explores it in ways that are super powerful. You get Hermione. It's like alternates the points of view between um, Hermione and Draco. So you get okay. Hermione also grappling with a lot of self-identity. If she's not the smartest, if she can't figure out everything the fastest, like who is she if she's not this? And also the connection between knowledge and power. Mm. specifically dealing with like the horcruxes right you also get harry potter as a true leader of the resistance the order of the phoenix becomes like so big and so powerful and like you really see harry not just as a figurehead or like a lone character who Mm -hmm. has to go up against voldemort but a true like coming together of the resistance oh wow i love it oh my gosh Okay. I haven't even finished it yet. And yeah. it's so long that I will like, like the chapters are really long. And so okay. I'll read and read and read. And then I've just like kind of take a break and step away. And then I'll come back okay. to it and read and read and read and read. Cause it's just taking a while to get through. But I just can't stop thinking about how well crafted it is. And that sounds awesome, Meg. I'm not a big fanfic reader. Well, I don't think I've ever read fanfic, but this yeah. sounds very intriguing. And I will say I am, I don't like Malfoy. I mean, we're not supposed to like Malfoy, right? right? Of course. Yeah. yeah. But the question of should he get a second chance? I am all for children because 16 is still a child getting a second chance. Now, Snape, I will die on the hill. (laughs) No. Mm -mm. (laughs) I am team never Snape. But... (laughs) Well, I have to agree, yes. But, yeah... Malfoy, yeah, come on, yeah. It's really great. I'll put a link in the show notes both for Danny, the TikToker that I found her recommendation. I'll put a link in the show notes for her account, but also for this fic. If anybody else, if you're like, what should I read over Christmas break? (laughs) I'm going to have a lot of time. Okay, yeah. (laughs) See, I suggest this Harry Potter fanfic. I think you will find it delightful, so. (laughs) Oh, thanks for sharing that, Meg. I love that side of you. Yeah, I don't know like I why said, it feels so extra geeky that it is. I just love it about you. Like, because it's to me, so you come extra. across as just this beautiful, put together woman <laughs> that does all the things. And then you have this little side of you that's like, oh, and I love fanfic. And <laughs> I love that because we're all complex. We all have yes, so many dimensions to us. Yes. And not all of them are revealed in a podcast. And I love that you share that side of you with us. I really do. Thank you. Thank you. I'm definitely blushing. I, like I said, I debated whether or not, but it really authentically is my awesome of the week. I think you yeah. can tell. So, Good. okay. Well, we have lots of links for the show notes for that. Also, speaking of show notes, we will have links for all of the books that Mindy and I are about to discuss in the show notes as well. So don't feel like you have to write right. it down. We've got you covered. So speaking of that, Mindy and I have lots of talk ahead of us for you about books and midlife. And we're going to get to all of that when we come right back. 
Awesomes, it's here. We're into the holiday season. And with the holidays, there comes the temptation to just grab fast food or even junk food because life gets so incredibly chaotic. But there is another way, and that is with Green Chef. Green Chef is the number one meal kit for eating clean. Let Green Chef take the work out of eating clean this holiday season with chef-crafted, nutritionist-approved recipes featuring fresh ingredients with nothing artificial. Choose from recipes featuring lean proteins like turkey and sockeye salmon, scallops and shrimp, and also certified organic whole fruits, vegetables and eggs, and plenty of whole grain options too. Because seriously, eating clean shouldn't be boring, especially during the holiday season. Feel your best and satisfy your cravings with adventurous eats made nutritious. In fact, you can eat clean the delicious way this November with flavor-packed recipes like buttery lemon garlic shrimp, harissa apricot chicken, maple butternut squash risotto, or my family's personal favorite, the sriracha tamari beef bowls. My gosh, so delicious. So for Green Chef's best deal of the year, you can get $250 off with code AWESOME250 at greenchef.com slash AWESOME250. Again, you're going to get the best deal of the year, $250 off with code AWESOME250 at greenchef.com slash AWESOME250. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Okay, we are back. And yes, Mindy Brouse is here with me today. We are concluding our Midlife with Mindy and Meg series by giving you guys some books that we want to put into your hands that have been meaningful to us, that have spoken to us in some way. And Mindy, it's funny that you mentioned at the top of the episode that you're not really a big nonfiction reader. I I love nonfiction. I love it so much. <laughs> I know. I mean, it is. Just I it's know. that extra geeky side of me. I'm the kid that when my family right, went to Disney right. World for the first time, I was like, can I just go to the Epcot Center every day? <laughs> I love this so much. <laughs> Now I would I be with Epcot. you there on that. I, that I'm an Epcot stand I would, through and through. <laughs> okay, so I have brought for you all some nonfiction books, some books that I think, if you're looking for, mm-hmm. like, okay, I love hearing Mindy and Meg talk, and it's so great to hear my friends talk, and now I can have better conversations. But like, I need like some hard information. Then I've got some books for you guys. The first one I want to talk about is actually not about midlife. And this is going to be by far the most controversial book on my list, but I do feel like I need to mention it because it has made a big impact on my life. Okay. The book is called Fast Like a Girl, A Woman's Guide to Using the Healing Power of Fasting to Burn Fat, Boost Energy, and Balance Hormones. So this book is from Dr. Mindy Peltz. I call her Mindy in my mind. Mindy's a great name, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> clearly. Mindy Peltz, she is a doctor and she's been working with women for a long time and is really best known for her material on fasting. She has a huge YouTube channel. She's been on a ton of people's channels on YouTube talking about this. And this is her book called Fast Like a Girl. What I really want to emphasize about this book, I know fasting is controversial. and Dr. Peltz says from the top, there are people who should not be fasting, period. If you've ever struggled with an eating disorder or Mm -hmm. if you are vulnerable to an eating disorder, other things like if you're obviously pregnant or breastfeeding, and then some other factors that play in 
she will say from the top, fasting's not for everybody. But one of the things that she right. has discovered through her years of research and years of working like in the trenches with women, especially when it comes to hormones, is the power of fasting. However, most of us, when you think fasting, we think weight loss. And we think that if you are doing fasting like intermittent fasting, you have to do it one way all the time. And what she's discovered over time is that women very specifically can benefit from fasting, especially when it comes to hormones. But you have to do it in a way that is for women. Like you cannot, your husband's fasting, your brother's fasting, your coworker who's a man, his fasting, whatever, that's not going to work for women. In fact, it can really put a huge strain right. on our hormonal systems. And so, Mindy, what I actually ended up learning from Fasting Like a Girl is I learned so much about the hormone systems that run our bodies. I'm like, I cannot believe I am in my mid-40s and I'm just now learning. Like, I've been practicing, you know, like natural family planning and not been using birth control for years. So I had some ideas, obviously, about how the cycle works, maybe more than people who don't practice those things for reproductive reasons, the way that food and how our body digests and uses food and all this, how it plays into hormones and when they peak and what you should be doing when, this was revolutionary to me. And the reason I mention it especially is because she gives guidance on how to strategically use fasting to up estrogen production and to help progesterone. And so Like she has you in your last week of your cycle, if you're still cycling, which I know a lot of our awesomes are, they're listening to the midlife series because they're in the midst of it. I still have regular cycles every month. And then some Mm -hmm. of us are getting into the, that space where we're not cycling as often, or some of us are fully in menopause as Mindy is. But since I started using her protocol, which includes not fasting at all, and really leaning heavily on carbohydrates in that last week before your period starts. I personally, and again, you guys, you know, this show is not about medical advice. It is our own personal experiences that I personally have been able to right. stop taking right. the progesterone that I'd been taking for over a year because my body is really responding wow. to upping that progesterone production on its own based on the way I'm eating and when I'm eating. That's a powerful and again, anecdotal I'm not doing this for weight loss. Story, I don't yeah. think I've lost any weight since I started doing it, but I've been doing it for several months. It's just really helping. I can feel it in my body, a greater sense of working with my hormones, estrogen and testosterone and progesterone and knowing specifically when those hormones are at their peak, when they're at their power levels. And it's just really good. Wow. I am very intrigued in that. So in the book, does she have help for those of us who are not? Yes, okay. she does. Because she herself is in menopause. Okay. I decided to say it very technically. Menno. Menopause. <laughs> <laughs> she herself is menopausal. And so she has expanded okay. her info. And in the book, she does even have a section okay. for women who are no longer cycling, but who do want to grab yeah. onto some of the benefits that fasting offers in terms of like stimulating new cell growth and those types of things. You know, the first time I shared a book was, um, and the only nonfiction I have to bring is The Galveston Diet by Dr. Mary Claire Haber. Yes. And she addresses intermittent fasting there. And I have never been a fan of it. Like Mm -hmm. I just kind of always side-eyed it. 
until that book and was like, okay, talk to me about why and yeah. how and the benefits. And she hooked me in the very first chapter when she shared the nine different hormones that affect us. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? Mm-hmm. What did you say? Nine? Mm-hmm. Like, and how they respond to dietary intake yes. and specific foods. So yes, that is the only book I have to recommend for midlife when it comes to nonfiction book. I have done lots of the protocol. I haven't done all of it. And I have struggled with some different parts of it and fallen off the bandwagon and gotten back yeah, on. Totally. I will say when I was doing it, I felt great. Yeah. And I did lose weight. That wasn't the goal. Yeah. And her goal, she's honest. She says, I want to help you stabilize and regulate your hormones, but I also want you to feel better. Yes. And for some of you, that will mean losing weight because mm-hmm. your system is being taxed by the extra weight in different ways, right? And it depends on the amount and all of those things. And so, yeah, I really saw the benefit. I do recommend that book. The first part is the whys and a little bit of how, and then it's an actual diet plan. That's so great. Yeah. So it's a little bit different in that. Mm-hmm. Can be great for some people who are great at cooking and getting organized or some people like me who are like, so can I just buy avocados and stick with that for a while? Yes. You know? Yes. But yes. I do, I am very intrigued by your book and this yeah. this other one has the intermittent fasting um, coming at it from a health yes. perspective, not yes. a weight loss perspective. And Dr. Peltz puts a ton of that into fast like a girl. And I'll say too, most of us think in terms of intermittent fasting that you need to fast for 16 hours and have an eight hour eating window. But Dr. Peltz talks about the benefits of fasting starting at just 13 hours. So if you think about it, like if you just stop eating for the day at like seven in the evening and you don't eat breakfast until eight or whatever, that's 13 hours right there. And so she talks about some of the benefits. She makes it so approachable and like, okay, not rigid. She just shows mm-hmm. you like, here's what could be going on with your body. If you try this, like, I don't know. I, like I said, I know it's controversial. It. All of the precautions around it. I know it's not for everyone. And so I just want to throw it out there though, that I did, even if you walked away from it, like, yeah, but I really don't think fasting's for me. You would still learn a lot about hormone production. In sure. Okay. So, super, super good. Nice. Okay. Now, This next one, I think, is probably one that lots of us have heard of. It's the Menopause Manifesto, Own Your Health with Facts and Feminism by Dr. Jen Gunter. Dr. Jen Gunter also wrote the Vagina Bible. She's an OBGYN who many people know. She's very, very active on social media. I personally subscribe to her newsletter, The Vagenda. And I wanted to mention this bit because it is a very medical model-based discussion of menopause. If you do read her newsletter, you're going to get a good sense of like her point of view, her tone, her approaches to these conversations. She's very, very skeptical of any of the more crunchy approaches and more, you know, Uh like things that I would naturally be drawn to. That's why I wanted to read this book, though, because I wanted to hear and that's why I subscribe to her newsletter. Honestly, I like to hear opinions and perspectives outside of the things that I'm naturally drawn towards, because I think it's a good balance and it helps me not get sucked into every little thing, but that I do still like my natural remedies too. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Dr. Gunter talks about the fact that only humans and toothed whales experience menopause. We're the only mammals, humans and toothed whales. They experience menopause. Why those guys? I feel bad for them. I know. I'm like, sorry. Well, did we accidentally rope you into this with us? 
Dr. Gunter has what she calls the grandmother hypothesis. And this is her hypothesis that evolutionarily speaking, human women needed to stop reproducing in order to help their daughters and the young women of the tribe of the culture to raise their children. Okay. And so that it was evolutionarily beneficial for women to at some point no longer be able to have children themselves so that they can contribute to the community. It's a, it's, gotcha. it's a hypothesis. Okay. It's a theory. Right. I will say that if you read the manifesto, you will learn a lot about hormone therapy and other medical based approaches to navigating midlife and menopause, perimenopause. I will say too, it is a lot. She brings in the patriarchy a lot. This could be very affirming for some people and very off-putting for others. But she tells you right in the subtitle (laughs) that this is going to have a very, you know, it's going to have a feminist approach. And so bear that in mind, if that is something that, you know, is not really your thing, that's not your worldview, this may not be the book for you. Mm Mm-hmm. But as you and I have talked about a lot, a lot in this series, it's also something that can't be denied. (laughs) It really, it cannot. I mean, the data is there. Like, yes, whether we want to read about it or not. And there has been intentional and unintentional misogynistic practices forever. Yeah. Yeah. And when it comes to women's health. Well, I noticed as I was looking through the reviews on this, as I was getting ready for our conversation. A lot of readers who left reviews and they did not like the book felt like she emphasizes the impact of the patriarchy too much or that she's too, quote unquote, angry in talking about it. Hmm. I would say some anger is justifiable. You know, for us as women who are like, I'm going to say a lot of anger (laughs) is justified. And Meg, I come from a conservative background. I'm yeah, I am not as liberal as lots of people and I know and love. Yeah. But I'm angry. Yes. Yeah. We as women who are experiencing it and who are understanding the treatment and lack of treatment that mm-hmm. historically has been offered for women for a very natural, normal part of aging. If we're yeah. angry, here she is as a woman who's a doctor and this is her field and she's like confronting this daily, like talking to women about the changes they're going through and knowing what she was taught in medical school and what her peers are saying, like, I think it stands to reason that she does get angry about it. So I I think it's justified. Yeah. 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 So bear that in mind. I do think it's good, especially if you are a person who's like, yeah, you can keep your wild yam cream away from me. I'm going to go straight to my doctor and see what my doctor says. Right. I okay. think this is a good book for that type okay. of reader. Uh, nice. Okay. One more book that I have read that I want to talk about. And then I've got some books that are kind of wish listed for me that I wanted to sort of mention. Okay. Okay. Now, this next book just came out in this year, May of 2023. It's called Hot and Bothered, and it's by Jan C. Dunn. Jan C. Dunn is a writer who's done a ton of different writing for all different kinds of outlets. I don't know if she's technically a journalist, but anyway, she's been writing for a long time and she's written a lot on women's health. And so she wrote this book called Hot and Bothered. I want to say it is like a read-alike for this Midlife with Megan Mindy series. So you guys, if there are women in your life who you want to bring into the conversation 
and you've been trying to get them to listen to this series or any podcast episode, and they're just like, I'm just like not a podcast person. I don't have time, whatever. Put this book in their hands because it is essentially what you and I have been doing through this series. It's a combination. Mm -hmm. Now, her like medical and factual information that she puts in there. I mean, she it's all very well researched and like documented. So you're going to get like fact facts. But she also weaves in a ton of like conversations with her sisters and with her friends and kind of brings in things like scripts that you can use when you're talking to your partner about what you're going through. Again, some of the stuff that you and I have talked about, she puts in there Mm -hmm. as well. And one thing that's great about her book is there's a really great list of references at the back of the book. Oh, nice. So if you are just like, if you're like, I'm going to miss the midlife with Mindy and Meg series, what do I do next? Pick up this book. If you have, mm-hmm. again, if you have women in your life who might like to be part of the conversation, but they're just not going to listen to a podcast about it. I think this is a great book too. Like I said, I feel like it's like a read alike. It's like all the things we've been talking about. It is funny at times yeah. and also very practical and very helpful. So I really okay. liked it. I've heard good things. I've heard good things. Yeah. 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 Okay. Here are my sort of like wish listed ones that I want to check out. One is from last year, from April of 2022, and it is by Dr. Luann Rizadine, I think is how it's pronounced. It is called The Upgrade, How the Female Brain Gets Stronger and Better in Midlife and Beyond. So this author also has a book called The Female Brain and the Male Brain. So she's a brain scientist. She understands what's going on. And Mindy, I feel like you and I have even mentioned coming across research that says post-menopause, your brain comes back and it's better than ever. And people are like, yes, how, <laughs> when? Right. Because we're all doubting it. Yes. Like, I can't be right. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I haven't read it yet, but it is all about the brain science and how the female brain does become stronger on the other side of menopause. Okay. So another one. Now, this one is very very backlist. This came out okay. in 2003. So it is 20 years old at this point. But it's called Crohn's Don't Wine, Concentrated Wisdom for Juicy Women. So Ooh. it's written by a woman named Dr. Jean Shinoda Bolin. And again, she's 87 now. So she wrote this in her oh, wow. 60s. And she takes the idea of the crone. We have this mm-hmm. archetype of the life cycle of the woman, maiden, mother, crone. And Uh, yeah, yeah, Mm -hmm. exactly. In so many cultures, including Western culture, the idea of the crone is more like a hag, like a shriveled old woman. And she's like, no, that is incorrect. This is the time when you are the most wise. You have so much to offer. Apparently it's like essays. So it's not like, even though she is a doctor, it's not like a medical guide or whatever. It's okay. her bringing her own wisdom and looking at different cultures to see like how this is a time to really rise up in strength and not like to own your power and not yeah, be yeah. like allow yourself to be shuffled to the side or whatever. So again, that's called Crohn's Don't Wine by Dr. Jean Shinoda Bolin. And then the last one I don't have, but I very much want this. It's called Second Spring, The Self-Care Guide to Menopause, and it's by Kate Codrington, who's a writer out of the UK. And this self-care guide, again, just for 
perimenopause and menopause, it's really focused on self-compassion. It has journal prompts, yoga practices. Lots of the reviewers, again, I haven't read this. It's on my wish list. Lots of the reviewers have used the word specifically. It's like a big hug, like a big hug from an older sister who's on the path with you and just, yeah, self-care really, again, nurturing yourself during this time, not allowing these messages of like, oh, now you're not going to be worth anything and all of that stuff that's kind of pre-programmed in us. Time for you to go to the corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Needlepoint and and (laughs) we're going to go sit in your rocking chair. Okay. Uh No, it's Uh like much more compassionate. One of the journal prompts that I saw is, what if instead of defining menopause as a deficiency condition, I celebrated it as an initiation? Which you and I have kind of touched on in our conversation. I was going to say that sounds familiar. Yes. And so again, it's called Second Spring. It does look like a book. You know, I love an audio book. This looks like a book you would want to have in hardcover to kind of get in on the journaling and like the yoga practices and those types of things. So this is my style of book. (laughs) So I feel like it would be a good one if you tend to jive with me and my more eclectic (laughs) beliefs. I love love it. Yeah. So again, we will have links to the show notes in the show notes to all of my wish list and all of the ones that I recommend of the nonfiction variety. But Mindy, you've brought us some excellent fiction selections. I cannot wait to hear all about them. We're going to get to Mindy's book list when we come right back. Hi, friends. I know a lot of you, like myself, are big fans of Notion. Notion is the sponsor of today's episode, and Notion is extremely awesome when it comes to all kinds of digital project management, notes, documents, calendaring. The possibilities with Notion are endless and they've expanded into even more awesome with their new AI tool called Q&A. Basically, Q&A is like a personal assistant that responds in seconds with exactly what you need right in your doc. I just used Notion's Q&A the other day because I had a huge document filled with all kinds of notes I've been taking about something. I asked Q&A to summarize the page. You guys, I am not kidding when I say within seconds, Q&A gave me a summary of paragraphs and paragraphs of notes I'd been taking. It was amazing. And I know that lots and lots of you use Notion for work projects. And you know, when your projects get more complex, finding what you're looking for across your entire workspace gets so much harder. And again, that's where Notion's Q&A comes in. It answers any question you have, making use of your entire database of knowledge to make sure that the answers are actually helpful. Notion AI can now give you instant answers to your questions using information from across your wiki, your projects, docs, and meeting notes. If you have like an urgent question that you'd normally turn to a coworker to answer, listen, you can just ask Q&A instead. It'll search through thousands of documents in seconds and answer your question in clear language, no matter how large or complex your workspace is. And I super love that you can ask Q&A questions from anywhere in Notion. So you can find exactly what you need without leaving the doc you're in right now. And that helps you stay focused on what's important. So friends, try Notion AI for free when you go to notion.com slash sorta. That's all lowercase letters, notion.com slash sorta to try the powerful, easy to use Notion AI today. And when you use our link, you're supporting sorta awesome, notion.com slash sorta. 
Okay, we are back midlife with Mindy and Meg. Today, we are talking all things books about midlife. I just gave you guys reference list of the nonfiction. But if you're like, okay, that's all fine and good. But tell me, where can I find the books that deal with women in this thing of life? But it's fiction, Mm -hmm. it's storytelling, it's characters that I'm going to grow to love and empathize with. Mindy, you have got the hookup for us. Where do we even start? I am so ready for this. Okay, so stories are so powerful, right? We know this. And when we think of women in midlife and how those stories are so powerful, we're drawn to them. Yes. Like think of fried green tomatoes and steel magnolias movies. We want to see and be encouraged by strong women in midlife reminding us and our culture that our stories are not done, but neither is our influence, power, or value. And these movies resonate, and I'm excited to bring some books for you today that I hope and think will resonate also. Not going to do super long synopses of each one, because I have a lot here, and Meg may cut me off at some point, y'all. So (laughs) let's get going. Let's get started. Some of these books are going to be characters in midlife. Okay. Well, no, they're all going to have characters in midlife, Okay. but they're going to be different genres. And different intents. Okay. So some of them are going to be intentionally addressing midlife, like from the rooftop, banging the gong. Yes. And some of them are not. Okay. All right. So the first one I'm starting with is The Most Fun We Ever Had by Claire Lombardo. For me, this is one of the very first novels I read about a mom with adult children that showed a more realistic portrayal. It wasn't all sunshine and rainbows with the kids and parents, right? It was hard. Yet it was funny, and I love, love, love how Lombardo writes Marilyn and David, the parents to the four adult children in this book, with an active sex life and love life at this stage in midlife. She doesn't write them as fuddy-duddies, being old and wise and not having fun anymore. Nope. The family drama is genuine, and the family is faced with a shift of emotions and relationship when one of the sisters is found to have hiddenly, who secretly placed a baby in adoption 15 years ago and all comes to light through a way that actually infuriates me. And there's a lot of big emotions in this book that are going to pull for you, that are going to pull from you. Yeah, We're not going to like all these characters and how they interact with one another or this situation, but that too felt really realistic, Meg. I love this story. So that is a really great focus on the two women in midlife. I mean, the the mom in midlife, but also the daughters. Okay. Yeah. And that whole thing. I will say that it's open door sex scene right at the beginning. Oh, so, okay. you know, be aware. Really funny because those of you who know me, I don't read a lot of that. I read some, I don't read a lot. And I had been talking about this book so much. And then somebody messaged me and was like, so, and I was like, it does. And I had you to forgot. pick it up again and go, <laughs> I totally forgot. And I was like, oh yeah, it totally does. <laughs> anyway. I really love the portrayal of the couple, especially in midlife for this one. I feel like it really is going to resonate with a lot of you. And I'm just a big fan. So that's the most fun we ever had by Claire Lombardo, a very fave midlife character book of mine that I hope you'll pick up. Love it. Sounds great. All right. Next up, This Time Tomorrow by Emma Straub. If you have not heard of this gem of a book because you're not a bookstagrammer, great, because I want to tell you about it. Okay. Our main character, Alice is having a pretty okay life, according to her. She's content, but her father's health is declining and it's a painful spot and situation to be in, which you and I both know. We have walked that. Yes. She also feels like she needs something else in her life, but she can't quite figure out what it is. 
Then on the eve of her 40th birthday, have you read this yet? I have it. I have heard about it. Okay. Right when you started talking, I was like, oh, I have heard about this one. Yes. Yeah. So on the eve of her 40th birthday, she wakes up and instead of it being her 40th birthday, it's her 16th birthday. Yep. She is 16 year old her body. Yeah. Body wise. Yeah. And situation wise. And she's in her room and she has all the posters from all her 16 year old self. But she has her 40 year old mind and memory. Yeah. So her shock reels her when she sees her dad when she walks out for breakfast. Oh, I'm getting emotional. When she sees her dad young and charming and she nearly faints. She is just gawking. She goes through her day taking it all in, really struggling with her 16-year-old body and being like, why did I think this wasn't great? Because holy crap, yes. this is awesome. Yes. <laughs> her clothes, her relationships, her friendship, her 40-year-old perspective and her 16-year-old self is incredibly eye-opening. But more so, it's the take on her dad. Mm. She realizes, can I do something different now that this is back then to affect my dad's future? What can I do that as a teen to change my father's life when I'm going to be 40? Yeah. And it becomes her goal. At the end of the day, she's wrestling with all when she wakes up again. And guess what? It's her 16th birthday again. Mm. This is a really powerful story of midlife to me because I find that so many of us are facing with caring for our ailing parents. And it's one of the most difficult tasks that we will be honored to do. Alice's opportunity to see her dad with new, wiser, more experienced eyes brought me to tears more than once. Mm. Her love for him and her determination to help. It's just, Meg, it's just really beautiful. Love it. The hardest part of reading this is that we don't get this opportunity. Mm. I would give anything for another day with my mom, even if it meant I was 16-year-old Mindy. (laughs) Yes. Still, reading this validated, honored, and really strengthened all my feelings about loving my mom and what it's like to get to this point in midlife Mm. and look back. It's really, really powerful. I highly recommend it. Mm. That is This Time Tomorrow by Emma Straub. Yeah, tons of buzz around that book. Yes, as soon as you started talking about it, I was like, okay, yes, I know I've heard of this one, so. Yes, okay. Next up, I'm sharing this one because it's really similar. It's just from a different perspective and moment in midlife, really focusing more on marriage. And this is Maybe Next Time by Seska Major. You've probably heard about this one if you're on Bookstagram also. But again, I know you're not all there. So Mindy's so happy (laughs) to bring you a book. Maybe next time is when a wife experiences the last day with her husband. Mm. She doesn't know it's going to be his last day. But the end of the day, he dies. And she, of course, is a wreck. And it's just made. And she goes through that whole night and then wakes up. And it's the same day again. Oh, my gosh. Day that he's going to die at the end of. And she's like, wait, what? So, of course, she's like, well, I have to do everything in my power to avoid the way he dies. Because if I can just avoid that, Mm -hmm. then everything will be okay. But it's not. Mm. And so every day she wakes up again and again trying to do her day differently. Oh, my gosh. Initially, her focus is to save her husband, right? Mm -hmm. That's the focus because she loves him dearly, even though they're struggling. Yeah. Because did I mention it's a midlife book, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So midlife marriage is not easy and it has its own set of difficulty and they're walking that. 
but she loves him and she wants to change the outcome, but it doesn't happen. She tries and tries and tries. The longer she tries and she's determined, she's like, I will do this forever until I do it right. Mm. What ends up happening is she starts realizing maybe I'm supposed to look at the whole day differently. Yeah. Maybe I'm supposed to see everything. So then it's a real shift for her. And she realizes, whoa, look at this relationship with my daughter. Look at this relationship with my son. Look at how I'm handling my life in general. What is my focus? And it gives me goosebumps right now just talking about it. So there's a real shift in how she wakes up in the morning that she knows. She wakes up and she sighs because she's like, okay, this is going to probably end the same, but maybe not. Yeah. Because that's the title. Well, maybe next time. Right. And we walk this with her. And I will say it's truly an unforgettable, beautiful, beautiful story about marriage in midlife and also taking time to really pause. Because midlife is so busy. Like yes. I thought I was really busy when they were all babies. <laughs> and they were. I was busy. Yes. But the level of busy here is kind of infuriating. Mm-hmm. Like I'm like, why? I had no idea. Because again, if you're dealing with your parents, you're dealing with your kids, you're dealing with work, there's a lot. Yes. This really challenged us to stop and take stock and look at things differently. Oh wow. And pause. I just really think it's really, really beautiful. I was going to say, I think both of those stories really show why fiction is so important, especially as you're looking for ways to navigate situations and challenging circumstances, because most of us would agree, like time travel isn't possible. Reliving the same day, that's not going to happen. But what if, and you kind of go on Mm -hmm. this journey alongside the character and yeah, that's really good. Both of those sound fantastic. So sorry to they interrupt, really, but really I just are. had to say like, this is why we No, I wanted you to. Yes, absolutely. Well, and I think as I share these, obviously, I don't want you to necessarily pick them all up and read them all in a month. Yeah. I have a lot of different things to them. But making your list of the books that you want to read. And I will say, Meg, I have learned more in my life through stories than I have through mm-hmm. nonfiction. That's just how I'm wired. Yeah. It's why in my homeschooling, I use historical fiction. It's why I read fiction. And these two did way more than a a nonfiction author saying, hey, Mm -hmm. you need to stop and appreciate where your dad came from. Or, you know, I would have been like, yeah, 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 yeah. Right. (laughs) But But take me on a a ride Mm. with a character. Yes. It's a whole different situation. So as I see this theme of time travel and I was prepping for this recording, I didn't realize how many of these involved time travel for midlife books. And looking back now, it hits me that this time travel wish is a thing in novels with characters in midlife because we wish we could have do-overs. Absolutely, yes. We wish we could see things from our grown-up selves, but go back and be our younger selves to do things wiser, differently, or just to get to see people and experiences again because we know they don't last forever. We get that now. So I'm like, way to catch on finally, Mindy. Okay, time travel (laughs) in midlife books is a thing because of how we emotionally feel during this time. Yes. This next one is a novel that's near and dear me because it was the first novel I fell in love with and with a midlife character back when I started reading voraciously again five years ago. This is What Alice Forgot by Leanne Moriarty. Yes. If you haven't read this, please go ahead and just pause the episode, 
go listen to it on audiobook and then come back. Okay. Alice is in a spin class. Yep, that sounds familiar for midlife, doesn't it? When she falls and hits her head, when she comes to, things are really, really different, but only for Alice. Alice thinks she's 29-year-old Alice, newly wed and pregnant with her first child. She's so excited and she's beaming with possibilities of her life and she's just like glowing. But screech. Nope. That's not where she is. She's actually 39, divorced, and has three kids. Doesn't talk to her sister anymore and is focused on things she never, ever thought she would be focused on. She has zero memories of the last 10 years. Imagine not remembering your children's birth or your marriage crumbling or all the events and relationships that take us to midlife. While everyone around her is used to this, Alice is not. And she doesn't want this life. She's like, wait, no. I want what I'm thinking I'm living. I want what I'm in, the 29-year-old Alice's life. This story still gives me goosebumps. Now, before I gush about it, I do want to say that I think 10 years of marriage isn't enough time for what Claire Lombardo, I mean, for what Leanne Moriarty writes here. Yeah. I usually see this around 15 to 20-year mark, not 10. Mm -hmm. I kind of wish she had made Alice 49 yes. instead of 39. Yeah. In my opinion, I feel like, it would have been a more realistic, mm -hmm. but that's just Mindy and no, being married 29 years I agree. and being 53. <laughs> I agree with you on that for sure. But anyway, I'd love to hear back from those of you who do read it. If you've only been married 10 years, if this does resonate with you yet, or if it's kind of more of a, oh, I don't want this to happen to me kind of thing. All right. I adore this novel because all it shows in long marriage, the changes, the loss at times, the shifts that have to happen but also reminding us of our fresh new loves. It's just so powerful. Okay, what a beautiful shot to the arm for me and reminder it was to remember that Paul is still that guy. Mm -hmm. He's grown and changed. We've experienced more loss than I thought possible in 29 years, but he is still that young guy with a mullet standing at the end of the aisle waiting to say I do to me. He's still the guy who grinned in bed with me as I stared at my ginormous moving belly with our first child in it. He's still the guy who brought me gifts on his birthday and loves seeing my reaction. Marriage and midlife is not easy. For those of us who are already there, we know it. For those of you who are not there, we're giving you a heads up. It's really, really hard. And many people don't make it this long, just as Alice didn't. Yeah. But watching her life with her 29-year-old eyes, damn, Meg, it is quite something. So yes. it's the opposite of Alice, the Alice in this time tomorrow. But both perspectives are one that I think can really bless us as we navigate midlife. I absolutely loved what Alice forgot. Yes. So good. All right. Next is a group of books that are called Feminine Rage. Okay. okay. So buckle up yes. for these. These are not like make you feel the feels and get all emotionally sappy. Nope. These are going to channel your inner rage and give you a focus. Okay. Okay. It's a new genre that's getting a lot of attention. I could not be more thrilled for that. Yes. Just as you and I have referenced Tawanda from Fried Green Tomatoes so many times in our series, being a battle cry, these novels focus on that powerful feeling. Enlarge it. Yes. Right. So the first one I have saved since we first started talking about doing this episode. I have never shared about it on Instagram. Ooh. I've never seen anyone else share about okay, it. Hey, we get this. I have held right on here. to this book. Yes. For this. Okay. This. It is called Queen Bee. Okay. 
by Sierra Gierty. It is Irish. Okay. And I heard about it from Irish Books a Friend. And she messaged me. I was like, I got to tell you about this book I'm reading. Yes. It is amazing. I couldn't get it anywhere. Oh. Could not get it in, in the United States anywhere. Couldn't buy it. Nothing. Um, Amazon would not even let me buy it. Whoa. And so it may now. I haven't checked for an update. But I wanted to read it so much that she let me use her Irish library card. Oh. And I listened to it. So I, I, I didn't hope, even know that was a thing you could do. <laughs> Ireland, don't be listening. Ireland, Lambert and Carr, don't be listening. And I won't out her because I don't want her to get in mm-hmm. trouble. <laughs> yes. But I loved it so much that I bought it from a British bookseller wow. to own. All right. So this is Queen Bee. And I made Paul read this one. That's how much I loved it. And he loved it. He devoured it too. This one is a rage one, but it's coupled with humor. Okay. Okay. So the next ones I'll share are super ragey, okay. <laughs> really ragey. Okay. But this one is Agatha. She's an author. She is in denial about all her life. She's <laughs> refusing to acknowledge how unhappy she is, okay. but she's also bearing it. You know what I mean? She's wearing it, but trying not to. Do you know what I mean? When we walk down in oh, life, we're yes. like, I'm fine. I'm fine. Or like that meme, it's totally fine. I'm just going to drink my coffee. Yes. She has two adult sons. She has a widowed father she's dealing with. She's trying to renovate his home for his girlfriend, her marriage is kind of awkward, all of it, okay? And she is dealing with menopause. She is dealing with all the physical symptoms you and I have talked about, all right? She's funny, but she's mad. She's handling her anger. She's got it nice and buckled up right here, mm-hmm, tied mm-hmm. up, hidden, until she goes to an author panel and an old white guy talks over her. And she is sitting there trying to stay composed in heels and this outfit that she doesn't really want to be wearing. But society says, this is what you should be wearing as a woman. Yeah. This is what you need to look like. Yeah. Don't you dare show up in Burks and right. comfortable clothes. Don't you dare do it. And this white guy talks over her and she absolutely, that anger yes. just loads. It is no longer tied down. She is raging and shouting and putting him in his place okay. in front of everyone. She's like, oh, whew. she also has a hot flash while she's up oh, there. God. So she's having a hot flash while she's up there. And this guy talks over her and she's like, mm, yeah, can't do this at the same time. Yeah. Well, so Agatha forgets all about, you know, Twitter and Instagram and all those things. She calms down. She finishes. She leaves. She's angry, but she goes, I'll I'll calm down. I'll go back to being good little Agatha and all the things. Well, no, because it was all recorded and it is all being shared. Of course. And Agatha suddenly becomes this voice of women in midlife being fed up. And she didn't sign up for that, but she's like there. So she kind of becomes this un desired guru you know and so it's about her journey accepting that but also navigating and how to share this rage with the world without it spinning out of control and not helping so what can happen you know we know you can get really mad and then things don't benefit anyone so she's trying as a wise woman in midlife to not get out of control Mm. but there's a lot there it's very funny her husband she keeps talking about the physical symptoms. She'll be like, well, it's happening right now. What's going on right now. And her husband's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely great. I felt like this is who I wanted to be. 
I was like, yes. I want to be her. I want to shout this stuff. I want to be able to declare in the grocery store. I am not actually angry right now. I'm beat red because I'm having a hot flash and I want to strip. But because I love you guys, I am not going to strip <laughs> right here in the grocery store. So super, super great book. It's fantastic on audio if you can get your hands on it. If not, it's a great paper read. That's Ooh. Queen Bee by Sierra Geerty. Okay. Fantastic okay. one. All right. Next one you've all heard about that I'm going to talk about anyway, because it's kind of the number one feminine rage book right now. The Change okay. by Kirsten Miller. I knew this was going to be on your list. So I was like, yeah, you knew it'd yes, be here. Yes. Okay. And I am not a witchy reader. I'm not. This has some witchy vibes. So I'm going to go ahead and say that from the start. But my husband really, really doesn't like witchy books. He loved this. All right. Imagine a world when you start menopause, you get a superpower. That's what we get in this story. Three women find themselves not only as friends, but committed to solving the continued disappearance of young teens from their community or young girls, teens and young 20s. Nessa hears their voices. Harriet has a plan and Joe has the fight. Each of these women are in different situations in midlife. We have widowhood, divorced and still married, but the sisterhood of women bonds them and they provide insight to each other in this new mission. While the men around them dismiss, destroy, and totally disengage, these three unite to not only come into their own, but more importantly, this is about stopping the crimes against the young women. Mm. The sisterhood sees all of them. It's time to burn it down. Yes. They want to burn all the misogyny and crimes against women in their community down. Now, I have heard complaints that this book is too much of a man-hating book because almost all the men are jerks. I think all of them but one, but I'm going to disagree here. Miller intentionally creates a scenario where the women are front and center and the men are representative of the different ways misogyny has destroyed our voices, mm. has and our perspectives. It's very powerful, Meg. This is not a feel-good book. It is a cry of rage and it's taking a stand back for women's power and voices. But honestly, this is a thriller and a lot of people lose that. They think this is just a women rage book. Right. But it's a thriller. It is a they're out to solve this crime while burning it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is fun. Mm -hmm. It's a ride. Miller does take a modern crime ring situation and creates a story that if you know that will be familiar, but I'm not going to share what it was because it could be a spoiler. Like I said, Paul listened to this with me. We did it on audio. Kirsten actually sent me a copy of the book when I right reached out to her and told her how much I loved it. It is a fantastic ride, but at its heart, it's a thriller, so I don't want anyone yeah. to miss that part of it. Right. It's compared to Hocus Pocus because these three women kind of get their mm -hmm. witchy vibes on. I never saw that. To me, that feels like it doesn't do it justice mm. because this is really modern and social focused. It's very, very Got good. It. So that's The Change by Kirsten Miller. If you are one of the rare humans who has not heard of it, go pick it up. If you have heard of it and haven't read it yet, I want to encourage you to do so. Okay. Oh, my goodness. Such a good list. I knew you would know that I was oh, going to yes. bring that one. I had no doubt. Because I couldn't not. Yes. Yes. All right. Next thriller is still a rage category. This is Broken Light by Joanne Harris. This one is even more of a thriller than The Change. This is a little more dark. This novel okay. starts off immediately with letting you know it's a thriller from page one. Bernie Moon, our main character, wakes up in the middle of the night during a dream where she hears a man attacking a woman. She hears both their voices and knows the violence. As she wakes, she finds herself in blood 
and is about to freak out because of what she was dreaming and hearing when she realizes her period started for the first time in six months. No, we, none of us have ever been there. Oh my God. Where she thought it was done. It's not. Yeah. Yay, perimenopause. When she reads in the news later that morning that a woman was actually attacked and killed in the park, Bernie gets a little lightheaded. Yeah. Yeah. This was the woman she heard in her dream and the man. This situation, her starting her cycle in the middle of the night and the attack happening at the same time, unlocks a series of childhood memories and also a gift that she has hidden from everyone, including her husband. Okay. Bernie not only can't stop thinking about how to help solve the murder with her gift, but now the gift is interrupting her life. She has been ignored by everyone around her for years, but suddenly she sees the men and women around her through the eyes of this gift. And I can't decide if I should share the gift or if it's a spoiler. So I'm going to go and say, okay, she can be inside a mind. So what was happening when she was dreaming, she was inside the mind of that woman okay. and heard and saw it off. Wow. Okay? okay. And the gift doesn't get cut off. She starts seeing the men and women around her through this. And she kind of starts a path of vigilantehood. Oh. Unwillingly finds herself with a young woman who catches on and wants to be her partner. Oh. Now, can they do this? Should they do this? As this thriller, and this is a serious thriller. Unfolds, we get a whole nother layer. And this is why it's a freaking great midlife book. Bernie is not only a midlife, but when she sees others through this gift, she starts to realize what the current relations with her husband, son, mother, and friends is actually based on and has been based on in decades. But she has a very shocking discovery when she suddenly uses her gift to check out what she thinks is reality. This is thrillingly creepy at times, Meg, like for real. It's dark. This one is not super dark, but it's just a thriller. You know what I mean? This is a thriller. It's definitely not for everyone in that aspect, but oh my gosh, it was such a great ride. I loved it. I couldn't put it down. I think I read it in like a day and a half at work because I wanted to know how this creepy, weird thing was going to play out. I want to give a warning for date rape and violence. Okay. So that's a thing in this book. I feel like Broken Light is not getting the attention it deserves. And I suspect That's because most men thriller readers are not wanting to read about a woman in midlife. And it makes it clear in the description. Mm -hmm. This is a woman in midlife coming into her own. Mm -hmm. And I have never seen the movie Carrie by Stephen King, but I did think of it a few times. Of course, you have that girl standing in blood and you're like, okay. Yes. But here's the thing that caught me most off guard when I finished it. I was crying and I was like, what? Yeah, it's a thriller. But because our main character is in midlife and the realization she has, you're going to find yourself gasping and feeling the feels at the very end. Mm. Bernie finds herself in this story, but she also finds truth and has to decide how she'll handle it and what it will cost her. So it's highly unusual, very unusual book, Broken Light. I absolutely. Okay. I really loved it. I really loved it. My gosh. Okay. Next up is even farther outside my little comfort zone here. This This is Erotic Stories for Punjabi Women by Bali Kaur Jaswal. Okay. When I say this is outside my comfort zone, what I mean is like in a different, you know, universe from my comfort zone. I even had to set it aside halfway through. Okay. I was already convinced though that it needed to be on this list, but the open door sex conversations wasn't my thing. Okay. 
And I know it is for many of you though. So I'm bringing it because I think it's a great wreck. This fantastic story doesn't have a woman in midlife as the main character per se, but she is surrounded by women in midlife. So I think this still qualifies. Yeah. All right. Nikki is a young Punjabi woman in London who's sort of floating in life. She's dropped out of law school. She doesn't know what she wants to do. She takes a job at the local Punjabi community center teaching women creative writing. Mm -hmm. But because of a flyer mishap and a director that just wants the class for women to actually happen, Nikki finds herself trying to teach creative writing to women who can't actually read or write. So after the students find an open door romance book Nikki bought as a gag for her very proper sister, the class takes quite a shift. Okay. Turns out these women have plenty to share about sex and midlife and fantasies and memories and what they enjoyed and do enjoy in life. This group of women shares how invisible they are while also taking their creative writing to a whole new level. Naturally, as Nikki not only allows but empowers the women to share, the class becomes quite popular with the women in the community. The group has to keep this all secret, though, from the highly conservative men that run the center because they will shut it down. Yeah. Is that possible, though? And when the gossip, storytelling, writing sessions reveal info about an actual death recently, a scandal is a brewing. I do really love this. And I'm going to pick it back up. But on paper, I need to not keep hearing certain words in my ears. <laughs> <laughs> and I can skim certain Yes. things um and paper much easier in the meantime but i I'm really like, i'm like looking it up on my phone yeah so yeah can... meanwhile yeah you <laughs> and if rebecca it. hasn't actually already read it she'll be yeah but this i really do feel like this book brings a much needed view of sexuality and women in midlife and older our culture wants to hide older women in many ways but especially when it comes to sex yeah. You should definitely not be talking about it. We don't want to hear about it. We want to pretend you're not actually doing this. This book refuses to do that. And I am here for it. Okay. I love that these women giggle and sheer and are bold and don't mind shocking little Nikki yes. occasionally with their stories. It's really, really fun and empowering. And that is Erotic Stories for Punjabi Women by Balikura Joswal. Okay. Yes. Yeah, it's a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> so good but so good Meg like I yes. just feel like it has a lot to offer yes so good so good I love thank you for reaching outside of the comfort zone in service to the awesomes we appreciate your service for sure thank you <laughs> all right so this last one is called wayward oh I've read this I didn't know this was gonna be on your list well you might have heard of it. There's another. Oh, book I read it. Wayward. Oh, wait. Is it W E Y? Wayward? Who's it by? I can't remember the author, but I know it's spelled W E Y W A R D. We'll start talking about it. We'll see if yes. it's the same one. All right. So let's see if this is the same book. This is Wayward by Dana Spiota. Oh. This is not the same book, right? No, it's not the same one. Yep. Shoot. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, I read the okay. other one, you guys. I know. <laughs> Well, when I saw it on a list, I was like, wait, I've already read that. But this is not that wayward. It's spelled okay. W-A-Y, okay. W-A-R-D, not E-R-D. But it's yeah. also by Dana Spiota. All right. So this one I almost didn't share about because I want to make clear 
that I am not a fan of men or women just leaving their marriage like in a day, just getting up and telling your partner, I'm out mm-hmm. and I bought a new house and I'm leaving and I'm abandoning you. And so I'm not a fan of that. Now, if they're being physically abused and then, no, that's a whole different scenario, right? But if it's a marriage where the partner didn't see this coming in on, there hasn't been those conversations. I just, I'm not a fan of that. Okay. And I say that because I have a friend whose husband just did that in May and watching the trauma and the heartbreak for her and her kids is not easy. Yeah, so yeah. I almost didn't share about it, but I'm going to share about it because I feel like this one really offers a lot that none of the others had in certain ways. Okay. All right. So our main character is Sam. She's starting to come apart, but as most women do, but no one else knows it because she's hidden it. Mm-hmm. She's buried it. She's just doing her day. She's doing what she's supposed to do and what is expected of her. But she on the inside is crumbling. Mm. Her mother is ill. Her teenage daughter, who's about doing her senior year, is increasingly remote. She can't connect. She's at 52, steering into the mids is what she calls them. And she calls these the mids where she wakes up in the middle of the night for hours with wakefulness where she can't go back to sleep. Yeah. And, you know. I know none of you do this, but then she just fixates and contemplates on her motherhood and her marriage and her unraveling and the unraveling nation also. So she's living this. And one day she is driving around and she sees a house, an old house in Syracuse where she lives. She's really a big fan of old houses and it has just a beautiful old history and she buys it. She doesn't tell her husband. Okay. She doesn't tell anyone. And then she announces that she's leaving and she's going to live in that house by herself. She doesn't want anyone else to come with her. Hence my disclaimer, okay, mm-hmm. on that scenario. But if this hasn't happened to you, like this isn't something that would be a really huge trigger, I do want to encourage you to pick this up because of what comes next. So as she leaves, she starts her unraveling in a more focused way. She tells her husband and he, has to figure out what, wait, what, what is going on? And she's like, yep, I'm a mess. I don't know who I am. I don't know what I want, but I know I don't what we're doing. I don't want what we're doing right now. I don't want this. I'm going to go do this. Naturally, there's a lot of fallout for her marriage and the relationship with her daughter and all of that. Yeah. The neighborhood she lives in is what I think brings something really powerful to this story. She is struggling with the election of 2016. So I want to say this book is not for people who are big Trump fans. Okay. There is a lot of rage and feelings and stuff that is focused towards that man. And yeah, and and all that. So I just want to say if that's your where you land, then encourage you to go ahead and skip this one because you'll maybe get (laughs) mad. I don't know. It won't go well. (laughs) So Dana Spiota in this novel has her main character really, really fall apart election night. And it is kind of the trigger that makes her realize how mad she is. So when she chooses to live in a neighborhood that is not thriving and is what would be called drug riddled and violent and all these things, she she thinks she's doing a great thing. I'm going to go live here and I'm going to be this person. I'm going to do it. But she also realizes that it's pretty pretentious of her down mm. through her struggle. And like, wait, what am I doing? I think I can just come live here and be a part of the neighborhood without earning it and all these things. So I really feel like even though there's a lot in here about 
politics and what was yeah. happening in our nation in that year. Yeah. It really brings home what it feels like in midlife to maybe have a shift in how you view politics, how you oh, yeah. view what's happening in our country and how you see that it's affected you for so long. Yeah. While you're also wrestling with creating a new relationship with your partner and your children and your mother. Yeah. Similar to the book I just shared, our main character, Samantha, comes to some realizations that maybe she isn't remembering correctly or she's choosing to twist some memories um, to make herself look better and blame others. Interesting. Other. Yeah, okay. it's really, really good. But I will say it, it's a feminine range book, but it's also a political rage book. So okay, for what that's like in midlife. So it's really different. I have not heard anyone else talk about this one. And I read this one pretty quickly. It's about 10 hour on audio. And that okay. is Wayward by Dana Spiota. Okay. Oh my gosh. I feel like we've been on a whole journey here. With I know. I did this really I fast. I love it. I want to say, Meg, that, you know, I'm sad that we're not continuing the midlife with Mindy and Meg series. One of the things I have decided to do, well, two things. One, I want to go ahead and apologize that only one of these books has a person of color as an author. I really struggled to find some, but that is my mission now. I am. Okay calling lists and really digging in to find more to share yes with you guys and with anyone who wants to come see me over at grateful for grace on instagram yeah i will be sharing more there so my goal is now to share at least one if not two midlife books a month and okay. i will really be focusing on some women of color books um yeah to make sure i find them and share them and read them not yeah. just find them so that's, you know, I want to apologize to my listeners, to your listeners, because I feel like that was a disservice. These are almost all white women, but I'm on it. Okay. okay so I'm on I like it. that. I will be looking. I have a few like the Joy Luck Club and a Mother's Inheritance that are in my queue to check out. And a few others that I've found, those are Japanese or Chinese, different mm -hmm. authors. So I'll be looking into that. These are my first round. And our final episode, Midlife Books, that I wanted to bring to you, Meg. Thank you so much for the book list. And I know that I am here representing the voice of Awesome Nation to say thank you, Mindy, for not just bringing today's episode, but for the whole idea. You had this inspired idea to have these conversations on microphone and put it out there for people. And the fact that you were generous enough to come and do it at Sort of Awesome has meant so much to me. But our episodes in this series, consistently, people are just so grateful. Women have shared with us over and over and over. Like, these are the podcast episodes that are changing my life. Like, it's actual lives changed. And I'm just so thankful for your willingness to bring this idea and to have the conversations and to spearhead the whole thing. and. I'm so thankful to hear that we can, you know, we can go for the Grateful for Grace on Instagram and follow along. And you are truly such a trusted source of recommendations and just show up in such a genuine way. And so many people have loved getting to know you through our midlife series. So I'm just so thankful. I was so excited that you agreed to do it. I knew you were the right person to do it with. You were about 10 years younger than me, but you're starting that journey. And I felt like this would be such a great, you know, conversation. And you as the conversation maven was the one 
to do it with. So thank you for letting it be a part of Sarna Awesome. I have been really proud of this project with you. I feel like it was fun, but it wasn't just for fun. And I have heard back from people and I continue to hope to hear back from people who are getting these episodes and learning and being encouraged and empowered for this season, that it doesn't have to be as hard as it seems that we're here to help. And I've been very excited about these episodes. There's so many hilarious things that we've talked about, you know, flaming hot crotches and all sorts of really great things. So, you know, there's been a lot there. (laughs) But yeah, so I'm going to keep sharing about midlife on Grateful for Grace and then also sharing midlife books. And I think occasionally I might be able to talk someone else to come in chatting with me just randomly out of the blue every six months or so. Oh, I love that. And it'd probably be someone named Meg, but we'll see. So, (laughs) you know, but yeah, thank you. It's been a beautiful project and I'm just been an honor to do it with you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, as Mindy mentioned, she is at Grateful for Grace on Instagram and also is in the Hangout and the Superstars Hangout and all of the places. You guys, seriously, come and join one of the communities. We want to stay connected with you and this is the best way to do it. So find us on Facebook and the Sorta Awesome Hangout or on Instagram at Sorta Awesome Show. It's one of the best places on the internet, guys. Go to the Hangout. Go to... Just yeah. become a superstar for two more months and see all that yeah. there is for you there. And There's a lot. you will be happily surprised. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So much. All right. Awesome. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see y'all next time. the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.